I also wanted to show you that I have two drinks. I also have two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Cheers. Pepsi? Is that Pepsi? Yeah, yeah. This is Pepsi. <laughs> Double cheers. <laughs> I love this. Okay. <laughs> you need your hot drink, and then you need your cold drink, and then you just need exactly. something in between. I have a snack as well. Uh, I just I had my snack. It was a chocolate bar, but that's okay. Oh, nice. Oh, my God. Cat fight. Oh, my God. Cat fight. Oh, my God. Everything <laughs> is happening. Look, there's a cat fight. Is it Binks? <laughs> yeah, it's Binks. <laughs> she better fucking win. It's her enemy. She better not come home. Oh. Look, she's there. She's at the side. Oh. I can't. She's gone to you now. She's going to try and steal her food. She's coming around. Is this the cat that infiltrated your house when we recorded yeah. Fourth Wing? Oh, so they're not friends. Yeah. Oh. Or is this no. a lover's quarrel? No, no, no. She's, she's not a nice cat. Oh. Um, look, yeah. I like these enemies to lovers vibes, you know? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, that's all good content. To keep that in. <laughs> yeah, I was going to plan on keeping the drinks in as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's scary. All I could hear was like, because these are noise cancelling. Yeah. I could just hear like faint, like. Yeah, I was hearing the screeching as well. <laughs> that is so funny. Alrighty. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Letterboxd Book Club. <laughs> My name is Claire. And I'm Mackenzie. And today we'll be discussing Second First Impressions by Sally Thorne, the author of The Hating Game. Yes. This is her third book I think she's released, so. Oh. Should yeah. we read the other one? She, this one's the most recent one, and the other one, oh no, what was it called? It's like Ninth Mile or something like that. 99% mine. Sorry, that n- mile had nothing to do with that. Second novel, 99% mine, and that was released in 2019. Anyway, but yep, so we'll be discussing that book. So long as everything else goes according to plan, Kenzie can begin with the billow. I will begin with the blurb. Um, yeah, I'll get it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were we've been rattled. So much has happened in the past like no, five I minutes. Just, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal myself as a big old dum dum later. But anyway, right, why? <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, all right. Ruthie Madonna is 25, going on 125, and is fully committed to her job at a luxury retirement village. When handsome but selfish rich kid Teddy Prescott rocks up as a retirement village's newest employee, Ruthie is less than impressed. Luckily for Ruthie, her favourite pair of mischievous residents are looking for a new distraction of their own. Distraction? I don't know if that's meant to be. It just says distraction. Oh. Anyway. So she hands Teddy over, ready for them to send him running. But there might be more to Teddy than Ruthie had counted on. Could Teddy not only charm the elderly woman Ruthie has set upon him, but maybe even Ruthie herself? <gasps> question mark, question mark, question mark. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Will we ever know? Alright, <laughs> thoughts, feelings and emotions, Kenzie. Okay, first of all... I'm scared of what you're going to say, because we haven't really talked much about how we feel about this book, so I'm, I'm just scared of what you have to say. I know, I'm going to reveal myself as a dum-dum. Okay, as we know, I don't read blurbs. <laughs> Yes, you're notorious. I just like to raw dog life. It's, anyway. it's your toxic reader trait. <laughs> yeah. I did, however, because I did, I have the physical copy, so I bought this in store, and I remember, I think, taking a photo of the blurb and maybe sending it to you or something, I don't know, like ages ago, because I was like, this maybe we could read this. And because it was called Second First Impressions, my whole time 
I don't know why, or maybe like I got it mixed up with another book that like I skimmed like the blurb on the back or something when looking for new books. I thought that like it was meant to be like Teddy was going to be someone that she already knew and that was the point of like the second first impression. I thought it was going to be like she went to high school with him or something and this whole book, nearly the whole book, I was waiting for the ball to drop. I was like, how does she know him? (laughs) I don't think that's a bad assumption. I feel like it could be misleading in that sense. I think the whole... Because in that sense, I think the title is misleading. Yeah, for sure. Um, It does have a theme of first impressions in terms of, I don't know, just quickly spouting out Teddy's relation, like how he was introduced to his sisters, you know, growing up, Mm. like that's a first impression, which was not his fault and that he couldn't control. Mm. And the Mm. same, I guess you could say... I don't know, with Rose and that whole church money stealing issue when she was put in charge of something and that impression of her as a leader or in having like an adult responsibility and how that backfired. Ruthie. Ruthie. Sorry, did I say Rosie? Yeah. Oh no. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean? But yeah, maybe yeah. it's just that whole theme of yeah knowing each other. But yeah, look, ultimately, I, I don't think you're a dum-dum in that regard, Kenzie. Thank you. You're valid. I appreciate you. <laughs> Um, so sorry, my thoughts, feelings, emotions. Um. <laughs> I was going to take a sip and I'm so glad I didn't. <laughs> um. <laughs> Alrighty, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. <laughs> oh, I'm so, like, I don't like this trajectory I'm on <laughs> where I just keep saying I didn't like this book because yeah, no. I didn't like it's this It's been book. a few few books in a row. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's okay though because the one I'm currently reading I really, really like so it's fine. But I just, yeah, I can't. There's, I have qualms and we'll get into them and I just... Like, the silence was in, a, in and of itself and your laughter. <laughs> it's a delusional it's laughter. A, it's a, it, I am very delulu. <laughs> it's fighting through the it's pain. A, it's a fine book. You, I, I think I'm going to refer to these as vacation reads. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you want, like, thoughts off, head empty. Yeah. Thoughts off, head empty, on holiday, on vacation somewhere, you have a couple of hours or, like, even at night when you get back to your room, you're like, I just want to wind down with something that's, like, not – and, like, put some trashy TV on in the background – Here's your book. <laughs> Maybe they could be like the trashy TV equivalent equivalent of trashy books. Yeah. Like you don't, you can just read it for the sake of just reading or doing something and not actually have to enjoy it. Yeah. You don't have to have critical thought while reading. Hell no. But that was my issue. I tried to remove that critical thought and tried to have a fun time, but then too many red flags were popping up and I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, okay, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Initial, unless you're done. Yeah, <laughs> what just happened? I <laughs> choked and I was trying not to choke because I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was trying not to spit my milk everywhere. <laughs> Maybe we need a second first impression of this episode at this point. We need a redo. Let's keep these good vibes going. <laughs> now, anyway, my thoughts, feelings, and emotions. Initially, I thought this book was quite charming in terms of mm. the setting because it is quite a different setting to the books that we're used to. Obviously, yes. obviously, it's not like a fantasy where it's in a made-believe world or whatever. Yeah. But and it's not like a corporate romance, and it's not one of those because we know so much about corporate. Life. <laughs> 
I don't want to compare this to the hating game, but this was a little bit better than the hating game, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, you know, you there are overused romance settings in the mm. in these books and stuff, or they're very just cliche. But this is quite different because it is set yeah. in a retirement village, and I yeah. qu- enjoyed that aspect. Teddy is just a red flag. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get into him later. I think I actually didn't catch the little plotty twist at the end, or Sylvia. I didn't really click onto Me her. Me either, yeah. Um, which I should have known it was I knew us. it wasn't going to be Ruthie, but yeah, yeah. I didn't click Sylvia. It had so much potential and I liked it in the beginning because we get these two characters where we actually get to get to know Teddy as Ruthie gets to know him. And I like those mm. types of character introductions and like love interests because then we're not just mm. <clears throat> relying on like Ruthie's experience with him or whatever. I hated the whole method thing and just this, yeah. this maybe genre or style of where... Friend, a friend is helping the main character try and score a date and it's all about yeah. this scientific experiment or this whole process about how to get a date and these little homework activities you have to do. I'm yeah. over it. And I don't know, there's a lot of family issues in this book with the characters yeah. and it's like, <laughs> what is going yes. on? You all need therapy. But I found it initially charming and then I just got a little annoyed. And then in the end, when we had the audit and the whole Christmas party, everything seemed to just wrap up a bit too quickly. Like it, a few extra chapters probably wouldn't have hurt give me a time jump you know for sure and like the whole the method experiment or whatever that had like an eight week plan but we only ever got up to week four and so i thought that there was going to be that element of all right time's running out because teddy has to save money for his teddy parlor so like there's that element of like we have to get a wriggle on and sort all this out score you a day teddy can then fuck off whatever yeah Going into the plot then, yeah, like, I thought, because obviously I was like, okay, so she's going to end up with Teddy, but I didn't think it was going to be so obvious. Like, I thought that maybe, you know, she'd go on, like, one or two, like, dates or something, and then that would make Teddy realise, like, oh, shit, like, I need to make a decision because, like, I'm in love with this girl, and it would, like, force his hand instead of just having him be this, like, word of the year bumbling himbo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this is where I found a lot of similarity with The Hating Game in that aspect because, uh, oh, I suppose if you haven't read The Hating Game, maybe, I don't know, skip 10 minutes or something. I don't know. Spoiler alert, I guess. Because <laughs> when Lucy was going on a date with, like, Danny or trying to date Danny, you know, Josh was all like, don't do this or whatever. Or he's hovering over her, not respecting the fact that she's wanting to, like, date this guy. And it seemed the same thing. Did I say Teddy or Joshua? Either way, it's the same. Th- everything's all muddled up. Yeah. But it was the same thing with here. Melanie was setting Ruthie up with dates, and then Teddy's making snide comments about it or whatever, or being arrogant. Or like when um, she went to the thrift store, and, and Kurt was kind of flirting and all that type of stuff. Yeah, even the Thunderdome when like she had to go and do that thing by herself. Yeah, yeah, he was there and hovering. And he was there. Yeah, it's like. Sh- yeah, it's like either. Just let her do her thing. Yeah. But obviously, if you want to date her, fucking tell her you want to date her. But he, yeah. but then he can't do that because he's already made the decision he's going to fuck off. Then you're just wasting everybody's time. If you're going to have a fling, have the fucking fling. But <laughs> also, like, it's such an unrealistic obstacle. He's moving five hours away. Like, Sure, yeah. And it's like, are you really going to spend yeah, the rest of your life in this retirement village? Like, I'm sure there's another retirement village in Fairchild that you can go and work at. But she shouldn't have to move for him either. And I know the whole story is about her, you know, coming to terms with who she is as a young person. She needs to move out and live her life. She shouldn't literally live and die at this place. 
I really did think that he would just end up opening a tattoo parlor like there. No, but Fairchild act literally has no parlors, and that's why. Do we want to talk about Teddy as a character in general and the red flag that he is? Yeah. First of all, he has a rich family, but he is living poor. Which I hate that trope. And it's so fake woke as well, where you get these like rich trust fund kids like doing like van life or like ayahuasca like retreats and stuff. And it's like, well, you wouldn't be able to afford, um, sorry, you wouldn't be able to afford to take, you know, like six weeks off and go on this retreat or you wouldn't be able to afford to uproot your life and travel and do van life if you didn't have like a solid backing. Sure, sure. And yeah, the thing is with Teddy, like he is just as entitled to, I suppose, his father's well wealth as much as his sisters and stuff as well, because, you know, he is yeah. his biological son and he does have that right. But he always seems to, or he acknowledges that, you know, his pre- presence initially ruins like that kind of the family and he harbors that sort of resentment and stuff. But still, in, time, in tough times, you should still be able to go, go to him and be like, look, I'm in Struggle Street give me a hand or whatever and you know what you don't win an award for being humble like oh no (laughs) you don't like oh i'm like and it's like sure like you did this all yourself well done but it's like sometimes it gets to a point where just accept the help or like be humbled (laughs) and come back on your knees yeah i don't know and i don't know is it like always yeah just having to prove himself like or he has that attitude obviously he doesn't care what anyone thinks because you know he's living a different standard to what his father set out for him like he wants to be a part a property developer and all that type of stuff but he wants to be a humble tattoo artist and full of tattoos doing everything that's against i suppose his family's wishes just almost just for the sake of being different as well it's like do you want a special snowflake award (laughs) anyway yeah just yeah fake wokeness definitely and it's it it's it seems it's trying too hard to be quirky in that sense as well it's like, oh, I my family is incredibly wealthy, but I've couch surf couch surfed, you know, every single one of my friends, and I'm burning all my bridges. It's like, yeah. But of course, he has trauma f- because of that. That explains it. But whatever. Also, it's not cute that you're a grown man and you don't have sheets. Yeah, yeah it's not cute that you're a grown man like who's from know, a wealthy yeah. family who you're freeloading off Ruthie. <laughs> yeah, and you yeah, like you need her help to like get bedding and stuff to like go to a target yeah that's another thing that i hated about this is that she did so much to improve him in a way and make him a better man and look after himself like yeah i suppose you can't help being thrusted into a new living situation and not being prepared like that's you can pay that i think but i can pay that but also like but like she took it upon herself to inform him of the what was it was like a um like a payroll system or something for his tattoo pilot it's like if you really cared about what you wanted to do you would have sorted it out yourself yeah like she did so much to help him and he just just took little bits and pieces from her always freeloading especially in terms of like the food like it seems menial yeah but you know again when they were uh when she was at the bar and she was ordering those like franken fries or whatever and he was like just suddenly rocked up and started you know eating yeah (laughs) it's like bro and he's never offered to like reimburse her for anything until she asked him to okay because i can't concentrate while we're doing these unless i'm doing something else i made bread oh nice (laughs) (laughs) love that for you 
Okay. <laughs> Making bread these is so 2020, Kenzie. So 2020 I lockdown. Know. I know. I was going to say that. I was like, if only I'd gotten interested in this three years ago. <laughs> But I was going to say, um, and like he continued to like push that boundary of freeloading in a way, but also it's not fair because Ruthie is written in a way and intentional or um, unintentional. Like she is someone who has no personal boundaries and she has no stern no. But in these types of romance books and genres and stuff, people seem to find it sexy that the guy is like constantly is like constantly pursuing it's like they don't take their no seriously or they think they're just playing play play defying and all that type of stuff it's like no just leave her the fuck alone also he took so long to pay her back the 20 dollars yeah for the fuel when it's like the the sisters are like um routinely giving out hundred dollar bills like yeah it's like bro and like you're pay getting paid a shit ton of money from them personally yeah. as well like you Surely you can spare a few bucks to pay her back every time. Yeah. But yeah, and then just his selfishness in the end where with the audit situation, he said to Ruthie, all right, just run away with me then. As if that's not going to make her look fucking guilty. Yeah, exactly. And like that's her, that's been her job for the past six years. Yeah, just because he's been comfortable upping and leaving because of his mummy trauma, mummy issues and stuff. And just, I don't know, he just never seemed to really work on himself until the very end where it's like, all right, I'm going to sacrifice my dream because I'm a hero. Yeah. But he did do some, like, he, I don't know, the way he worked with Renata and Aggie. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know if it was, yeah. Like, it seemed genuine and he was able, like, he was really persistent on fulfilling his goal, which is an excellent quality, but yeah, to what end? But also because, like, he gotten to the end of his tether it's like make this work or you have no future but his intention was always just to leave once he bought his share of the parlor let's talk about ruthie maybe a little bit and her background what a pathetic excuse of a human being (sighs) hey all right go on i will go on okay here's my thing i hated how she like got into like arguments or whatever with Teddy because she was like, you're not thinking about how I feel. You're going to leave me just like everyone else leaves me, blah, blah, blah. Like you're not thinking about how I'm feeling. And it's like, it was never his responsibility to save you. He came here because his dad left him no choice. He's like, you need to stay here and freeload or like work. Like, because this is the last place that you can come because I'm CEO. Like, it wasn't like, here, Ruthie, I've delivered you a boyfriend. Yeah, hell no. Like, it was never his responsibility to catch feelings or, yeah, save her or anything. Yeah, I just think it was just the reason it got pushed that way is because of the whole, yeah, she hasn't dated since her first high school sweetheart or whatever. And it's like, you know, you're pushing along the lines of, desperation for a boyfriend yeah. and, then you gotta... and it's like everyone leaves me it's like who you haven't dated anyone and you work in a retirement village of course people are gonna die yeah uh, i'm pretty yeah actually i'm pretty sure she's she just like accepted that like she's just gonna live in a state where it's gonna be like a constant revolving door of yeah residents and then inevitably gonna die, inevitably gonna die and she's just gonna be there to witness it could it come down to the religious trauma <laughs> maybe because god left her <laughs> she lost her faith in god actually yeah and then I hated how, like, I'm feminist through and through. I hate how these books kind of almost come down to if you change yourself, your life will get better. Yep. It's like, 
or also oh for your life to be better you need a boyfriend yeah like for you to get a boyfriend you need to throw out all your clothes you need to start wearing makeup you need to do this eight-week program like and completely change yourself yeah this is why i hated the method because it's like setting women back (laughs) and but then you have that contrast of teddy you know reminding her you don't need to do this like you don't need to change for nobody but he was still impressed with like when she would check like her changes yeah i know which which kind of sucks because it's like especially in a book that was released in 2021 like come on yeah yeah i was mainly bringing up ruthie just because of her yeah past and the fact that she was like a a grown-up you know in a religious world her father is a reverend and stuff um she says she's a her father's disappointment and stuff because of having premarital sex at a young age or whatever which in itself would be fucking traumatizing but then also but that wasn't the root issue the root issue was the money yeah, yeah, I know the root issue was the money. Yeah. But it's like, it, there's so much surrounding this, like, oh, I lost my virginity or whatever, and then he went to my dad for counselling. But then, like, that wasn't, like, she had more trauma about, like, oh, my God, like, I've forgotten to lock this door or whatever, like, blah, blah, blah. They must have happened within, like, the same year as well, because otherwise he would have been fine with... Yeah, I reckon, yeah, the money stuff happened before the prom night and then obviously the prom head yeah. was like the pinnacle moment of like all right yeah. i'm just not gonna have a proper relationship with you because you're a whore yeah. <laughs> in a reverend's eyes in a reverend's eyes yeah. you're impure you're not worthy of a rev- being a reverend's daughter um and yeah let's shoot the fact that yeah she held no boundaries um he teddy paraded himself in her little half of the cottage just as if he owned the place and just like yeah invading her space almost and just making comments. I understand it's a process to get to know her because we get to know her in that space as well because who other than, like, Teddy is going to comment on all the nooks and crannies that she has and how that develop- makes her who she is. But, yeah, I don't know, she didn't have much of a backbone except when she was standing up to Rosie about the audit and stuff. I feel like when writing these characters, it's like there's, I don't know, a difference between being a people pleaser and just being, like, they're going to do whatever this other person wants for the plot. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, like <laughs> it's like there's no self-awareness. Yeah, and it's like write realistic shit, please, for the love of God. <laughs> but if it's going to be realistic, how are you going to have no thoughts head empty when reading it? True. <laughs> it, do, it does have a, a little bit of a sense of ridiculousness, and I think in a way that makes it quite charming as well. And that's your opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I initially thought it was charming, but then, yeah, the whole, yeah, Teddy, I don't know, just, yeah. I don't know how else to say it other than essentially like freeload and like he may not be super aware that he's taking advantage of Rosie, Rosie pff, Ruthie's yeah. kindness and her hospitality but yeah it was just too much especially in the early stages of them being practically strangers this chick needs to have a bit more of a backbone especially yeah. for someone who is like confident in her own solitude like you'd think you'd be more protective of your space but then again she's desperate for a boyfriend <laughs> yeah She's desperate to be loved. She has, I guess her, she has daddy issues. They, they both have all the issues. <laughs> yeah, so that makes sense. How do we feel about, what are their names? Oh, the old couple, the, the Poloni, the Polonies. How do we, what do we think of their involvement? Um, is this just not bury your gaze? <laughs> oh my god, Kenzie. She's fucking, Dare I say she's it. fucking Dare 90, I... dude. <laughs> or like high 80s, relax. We can get away <laughs> with it in this, all right? <laughs> okay. But first of all, I did not see them being gay. I did, yeah. I didn't believe that they were sisters. Oh, you. And they were roommates. What's worse, and they were roommates or they were sisters? Like, they were sisters, <laughs> yeah. Because nah, there'd just be moments where 
Aggie was like, you know, my hand, like explaining to Ruthie that her hands get sore because of her condition or whatever. And like Renata would hold it and like gently caress and it was so cute. And the fact that Renata was talking about her tattoo and like wanting a great love symbol for it. And I'm like, she's never talked about a man. It has to be her. It has to be Aggie. So, but I thought it was cute. They're fucking ruthless though. (laughs) Or at least Renata is ruthless. Yeah. Because working a like a support worker to, or an yeah. assistant to the bone like that, oof, would never slide in real life. I should know because it's pretty much my my work. I don't know. I, I don't know how I felt about like the whole retirement village being bought by somebody to then eventually redevelop. Yeah, I feel like that could be a little silly. I don't know if it happens in real life, but to my understanding, with retirement villages, is like the oldies play pay for their plots and they're there till they die. None of this reorganization or like lease yeah. ending bullshit. I guess privately run. Pa- perhaps, yeah. Retirement villages, yeah. And again, with Sally Thorne's writing, like, one would assume this is an, an Americanized society that she's writing about, but like, she has no specific locations, so you could, you could really think it's anywhere, which is pretty cool. And again, like, Sally Thorne's writing style makes this an easy read, because it was an easy read and a pretty quick read as well. Except that Fairchild is in Wisconsin. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. All right, thank you. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I found it, like, cool that Renata and Aggie were, you know, taking on, like, male assistants and, like, working Mm. to the bone. It's like, fuck the patriarchy. Yeah. (laughs) But also, like, at what point is this no longer an assistant and just like yeah you're paying someone yeah to be a slave you're, you're paying a pretty boy to do all, all sorts of stuff yeah and the fact that it's only strictly male as well is just for the objectification alone yeah and he and teddy just so happens to be incredibly conventionally attractive too yeah i'm confused because i thought he had long hair but on the cover he has short hair he cut it he did but like this is not the end this was surely the start yeah i know uh, i don't know bro <laughs> maybe this whole book was off for that reason it is. I hate it. <laughs> How do we feel about the turtles or the tortoise? Oh, I'm so over. <laughs> Quirks? Little quirky behaviour? Yes, little quirky things. No one's that fucking weird. <laughs> hey, you never know. I guess, and then she was like, I wanted to be a vet. And I was like, okay, cool, you like animals, but like, Jesus fuck. <laughs> Kenzie's really passionate about this. We forgot to mention it in the hating game. Like, it all stems from fucking Lucy and her stupid Smurfs. Smurfs. <laughs> And now there's like turtles and tortoises. Oh, and then running a blog, a forum thing. Oh uh, yeah, for what heaven? Heaven sent. Heaven sent. Is that not yeah. meant to be seventh heaven? Yeah, probably. Unless yeah. I'm gonna see if it's a real thing. No, 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 I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be like a knockoff of seventh heaven because because oh. it's about like a pastor or religious father, you know, taking care of his family, and like yeah. the family lives their life or whatever. And then it's, it's a real show. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh no. I thought it's it... also a movie. <gasps> Jesus Christ! All right. Heaven Sent TV series. Shit. See, I thought yeah, I thought it was a knockoff of Seventh Heaven because that main actor, Pastor Guy, ended up having some allegations and shit as well. So like, that's so funny. Oh shit! Yeah. It's always the pastors. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, the allegations weren't funny, but just like the similar similarities. And then yeah, because she's in this forum, she runs it or whatever. And I was talking, and then in um. The hating game, Lucy runs the Smurfs forum. Or she writes Smurfs fanfic. Yeah, it's too similar. Which is weird. Yeah, it is weird. This is why you have no friends. 
<laughs> and even Ruthie claims that, yeah, she has no friends either. And it's like, you isolate yourself. Or I know that it's unrealistic that you would work 24-7 and live at the retirement village as well. So it just seems a bit too far-fetched that she is isolating herself and sacrificing so much of her youth for, for why, just for a paycheck that she was being underpaid for anyway. I did start to get some red flags with Sylvie, or Sylvia. Yep. When she wasn't replying. Yeah, I thought like it was going to be like she dead or something. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think it was like the money, but yeah, I was like either she's dead or like she's found out that they're redeveloping and she's just like cut her losses and is like, she yeah. Cut her losses, but she's made the most profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't even think about her relating back to that money situation because yeah, she's that family friend. I thought it was the boyfriend. In high school. Oh, Adam. I thought that he stole the money. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really look too much into it. I just thought it was just a reason for her to have issues with her dad and, like, it may or may not be resolved. But glad, yeah, Sylvie tied into it. I'm kind of glad we never got to see her physically either. She was just that, like, omnipresent person that you just talk about. Yeah. I initially thought it was going to be Melanie as well. I just thought, I mean, you're young and pepper and you have access to all the stuff. You want to get too involved with um, Ruthie. (laughs) As I was reading, I thought, yeah, it could be quite charming. Maybe at times a bit ridiculous um, and a bit oddly paced at times. But yeah, now that we talk about it, it seems like I have a lot more issues with it than I yeah. initially thought. I didn't like as well how Melanie was just like a manic pixie dream girl. Like <laughs> right. She was just here to forward the plot of the main character. Yeah. And she's very overconfident in her method and yet she has been single this entire time. It's like, does your yeah. method even work? And it's just, yeah. I don't know, just these self-proclaimed methods or experiments or relationship processes that people declare. Yeah. It's like no one in their right mind is that arrogant. Yeah. But it, I did like that she always had, was protective of Ruthie and had her yeah. back. But the very constant, she's not your type to Teddy is just like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's like, you're ruining the method, or like, he's bad for you, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, how about we let the adult form her own opinion? Yeah, do we do we trust, yeah, the 22-year-old's opinion? Yeah, and then it's like, if you get burned, you get burnt. <laughs> yeah, it's your own fault. Yeah, again, if you, have, if you want the fling, have the fucking fling. Yeah. Or if you want the relationship, communicate it, and then make it work. Five hours yeah. doesn't seem that far away either. Anyway, should we get into a bit of the plot, maybe? Unless you have other, like, little points that you just want to splurge. Not yet. Maybe when we get more into the plot, I guess. So, yeah, the story begins. Ruthie is managing a retirement village because her boss, Sylvia, is away on a cruise. We love that. Cruises are in right now, which is cool. Glad I went on one a couple of years ago, last year. And Melanie straight away is like, you need a boyfriend because you don't go out anywhere. And, like, a couple of the oldies, the oldie residents are saying, you know, or gossiping or... Asking her questions about, do you have a boyfriend? Blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you can go through life without any of those things. So anyway, it's the beginning. And then um, the retirement village just got bought by a property developer, um, Prescott's Developments or whatever. And so old mate Jerry comes in for a bit of a conversation. We We meet Teddy properly, but Ruthie met Teddy at a gas station and paid for his gas because he had no money despite being rich because he lost his wallet. I think... I was just going to say, Teddy is just irresponsible. For a 27-year-old, you constantly lose your wallet. I would freak the fuck. Like, you hear people out on the town or out in traveling and they lose things all the time. It's like, yeah. how does that not stress you out? <laughs> and they're so blasé about it. It's like, oh, I've lost my wallet like five times. It's like, bro. Yeah, it's like, stop. <laughs> Everything is in my phone wallet. Like, if I lose my wallet, I'm someone's stealing my identity like that, you know? <laughs> 
But yeah, yeah, Teddy's just irresponsible. Anyway, turns out he's burnt all these other bridges or whatever, couch surfing, and he has no job. And Jerry makes Teddy stay at the retirement village and help Ruthie out. And it turns out Renata and Aggie need another assistant because the last one bailed because he can't handle it. And yep. so the job is put forward to Teddy and he accepts. But he is also forced to live with Ruthie and split her little cottage apartment place in half. Well, I think it's like a townhouse oh, situation. Oh, townhouse, whatever, yeah. Yeah, so it's like already got a wall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a wall, yeah, anyway. separates them. Like yep. it mattered. Anyway, um, and then, of course, he falls in love with Ruthie because he's a bad boy and he likes tidy girls. And she's a tidy girl. Yeah, and he's going to leave and go live his life in Fairchild and open his tattoo studio. Anyway, <laughs> and then, of course, Ruthie falls in love with him. Um, don't know why. <laughs> I know, yeah. He's a fucking walking red flag. He's just a hot guy, allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly. Anyway, and then Rose, his half-sister, is, like, in charge of, like, a property stuff for PDC, Preston Development Company. Doing a, a site review because they're thinking of redeveloping the land and all that stuff. And Ruthie's constantly, like, come and do a site visit because if you do a site visit, then, like, you'll see how great it is here, blah, blah, blah. And Rose is like, no, but then this is like a whole miscommunication thing because she is under the impression that there's 39 townhouses, but Ruthie's like, there's 40. And then at the end, this is like how the big revelation comes about because Sylvie's been only sending like reports of 39 townhouses. So she's been skimming all the money off the 40th. <laughs> so yeah. Pretty smart and, and that's clever. And like, I just don't think in real life, like, yeah, it is pretty clever, but, it, and then also underpaying Ruthie. Yeah. It's like, surely there's a higher accounts to put board yeah. yeah that would see that or also like i don't know a development company that wouldn't do like a site walkthrough sure, or like yeah. a tour or something like even like not even if they don't go themselves like they would send a proxy like sure yeah we're highlighting the work from home or remote work thing in the good old age of 2021 <laughs> yeah look and the fact when ruthie was saying to rose or i don't know who she said it to somebody that she was living paycheck to paycheck i then had a thought like what the fuck surely you're batting on a pretty good wicket because you're living there and working there and you do nothing else it's like how are you living how are you poor essentially yeah and like yeah what are you doing with the money (laughs) but all she is is working going home having a bath repeat she doesn't have a car or like her well she doesn't use her car really so but yeah but then in that case rosie learns a lesson that you know she has to be more committed to their sites and more i suppose passionate I think the the difference is in passion. Like, she just sees it as a business opportunity. She just wants to make some cash, make changes. I think that's, like, their entire motto, which is stupid when you're talking about a retirement village where people need to live and feel safe and have a comfortable, gated community. And then she finally comes for the Christmas party. Yeah. And she's like, oh, wow, like, maybe we won't change it. Like, it's actually pretty good here. She's just just money hungry. Yeah. And I suppose that highlights a lot of like the economy in this day and age in terms of property developers and just property investors like they don't care about the lives they affect they just care about making that extra dosh and yeah i think yeah there was a real difference between rosie rose rosie and ruthie is that that passion like despite ruthie not having many other passions or motivations in life she really cares about this place and this people and the people and the work that she does here which is very, which is very admirable for her character despite having no boundaries to the men to the men in her life she draws the line at the end agent turtles <laughs> quirky turtles so yeah we get i suppose montages and scenes of 
Teddy and Ruthie convening in the in their townhouse slash cottage, whatever the fuck it is, and they just, you know, have a chat. Very it seemed very organic, their conversations and their dialogue and the way they learn information about each other. It, it was far better than the hating game because again, yeah, we got to be introduced to Teddy and learn about him the way Ruthie learned about him and then we got to learn about Ruthie through Teddy asking questions and all that type of stuff. Yeah. It felt quite and then they, natural. Sorry. Towards the end when they're having the picnic or whatever and like Melanie's there and then she leaves. But it's like he's like lying on her lap or whatever and even like Melanie is like don't get used to that laugh like she's gonna have dates or whatever. I say, okay clearly they're in love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Open your eyes. Maybe I'm sick of books. This is where like American Roommate Experiment also seems to be influenced as well. I'm sick of these romance books where the love interest ultimately helps the main characters find these dates, but they're the ones who are obviously falling in love with them and they ultimately, at the end of the day, do not want them to date other people. But they do all these flirty things and, or maybe presumable flirty things. And it's like, how do you expect them not to fall in love with you if you're lying your head in her lap? Yeah. Or, like, you're telling her how, like, remarkable she is or stuff, or, like, superb. And, like, of course, you can still do that and have that platonical, platonical? platonic relationship. Mm. But in these books, because we know it's a romance genre, they, they have romantic intentions. So, like, mm. you got to respect that. Because he's obviously not in it for the platonic. Throughout this as well, like, Ruthie has these OCD tendencies about, like, locking doors and checklists and stuff. Because when she was a teenager... They raised, like, her and her church community raised $10,000 for hurricane victims or something. And she was meant to lock it away in her dad's office or something. And she did. Um, but it got stolen and went missing. So then her parents cleared her college fund, which, like, what the fuck? They took $10,000 out of her college fund to, like, pay it off so then she couldn't go to college to be a vet. And then it all comes down because she got the job because she knew Sylvia through her parents so it all came down to that like sylvia had stolen the money because she would have had access to the keys and stuff yeah that's a whole ocd thing of itself and so like teddy's trying to help her like get through that like because there was a situation where an alarm goes off at the retirement village office and she has a full-on panic attack and freak out and that's when we learn about that incident and then yeah teddy's like i'll help you and all that type of stuff I think he jokes about therapy because he goes to therapy and he's like, I can give you my therapist's number and she just laughs it yeah. off. Also, like, the parents, like, they made, like, Ruthie get up in front of, like, the church and, like, say that, like, she didn't lock the doors or whatever. Yeah, and she's responsible. But it's, like, surely if they had just said, like, someone's broken in and, like, and stolen the money, like, surely you could raise it again. Yeah, like, surely. Like, it's not that, I mean... It is a big deal, the fact that, obviously, the hurricane victims aren't going to get their money, but, like, it's an accident. Like, people steal money like that all the time. Yeah. People steal from charities all the time, I should say. But, yeah, and then, ultimately, the whole you're a disappointment to her father and all that type of stuff comes mm. from. And that's a lot. That's really harsh. Yeah. I remember when she was 17, and now she's 25, and, like, he still can't talk to her, like, her father can't talk to her on the phone because he's still ashamed of her. I was a little annoyed that Teddy... Did got... God not teach forgiveness? Yeah, and that's when she lost her faith in God as well, and that's where she where she stepped back a bit, because, like, God is supposed to be this almighty, like, forgiving type of entity, and if her father can't forgive her, then... Yeah, and then they have a strange relationship ever since, and that would, that sucks. Um, I found annoyed that Teddy's family issues got a resolution, but 
mm-hmm. but Ruthie's family kind of didn't. And in the epilogue at the end, she's like, oh, I want to get you to meet my churchy family, churchy mm. parents. And it's like, you're acting super chipper for yeah, somebody like, who hates take you. home for Christmas. Yeah, it's like your pro- father probably doesn't want you there, to be completely honest. Yeah, and also, okay, yeah, let's bring home the tattooed bad boy to the pastor. Oh, well, yeah, tattoo, yeah, but he has a reasonable job now. He does. I also thought he was just going to ride his motorbike more, but that never happened, and I was annoyed at that. <laughs> He's a bad boy if he doesn't ride his fucking motorbike. Except for that one time at the gas station. I thought there'd be like one montage of him like taking her for rides. I mean, he promised her a ride and then he sold it, the fucker. Yeah. So he can't (laughs) keep his promises. Another red flag. (laughs) And so we get seen montages of Teddy working for Renata and Aggie. And he does all these ridiculous tasks. They invite Ruthie out to a lunch and they have a lunch and they treat it like a first date sort of situation, Mm -hmm. which was cute. But it's also... Renata and uh, Aggie was was doing the whole like third party pushing them together type of thing, calling them lovebirds and all that type of stuff. Also, they went to like aqua aerobics, and like Ruthie's like, oh my god, I have to get in my bikini and uh, Teddy, don't look at me when I get out. Yeah. It's like shut the fuck up. It's bec- because the bathing suit is up her ass. It's like, dude, that's relax, that's normal. Yeah. yeah. And then everyone ogling Teddy. See, look, I don't mind this book in that they objectified Teddy because for so mm. long, women have often been objectified and all that type of stuff. So I love this little turnaround where... Also, it's elderly people. I love elderly people. Yeah, they, funny. they don't mean it. <laughs> they're, mm. they're just brutally honest. And yeah, and like, as a character, Teddy seemed to enjoy that sort of attention as well and that because he has that inherent charming nature as well. And like, yeah, old people just seem to love him. But yeah, Ruthie, pick me... I vibes with with the whole water aerobics and then she got annoyed because um Teddy was so good at taking like charge of the exercises and she was a little bit like annoyed and jealous at that but it's like bro come on she's like I've been coming to this place for two years and he just comes in and just takes the reins let the man thrive in this environment yeah I know let the old ladies ogle him and they're having a fun time but then also at the same time because I have a a little bit of a steamy moment in the pool but then Renata's like, you stay away from her type of thing, being overly protective as well. And it's like, we know we know he's not right for R- Ruthie, but yeah, like, but come also on. also you have been pushing them together. Yeah, it's like, bro, relax. Also, I noticed as I was reading, Aggie was constantly falling asleep. Mm. <laughs> I thought she was going to die. I thought if anyone was going to die, I knew that one of them was going to yeah, die. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be Renata at the end. I know. Because, like, yeah, Aggie was falling asleep. Actually, that was kind of the moment I realised that they might have been together because there was a moment where she was like dead asleep and they're trying to wake her up, wake her up. And then she wakes up and then she's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry or whatever. And everyone got really scared. And then Renata like actually had tears welling up in her eyes. I feel like if that was your sister, like, um, I know you'd be sad if your sister died. you hate your sister. <laughs> no, no, that's not true. That's not true. But like, it would be, it's, it's a harder loss if it's like, you know, you're, like someone you deeply love yeah. in a romantic, intimate yeah. way. How did you feel about Renata's tattoo? It was it what was it like Aggie, Aggie forever? forever. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's not it. <laughs> she's like 89. Oh, but she's gonna die. I mean, sure, live your life. I'm pretty yeah. sure it can get risky for tattoo artists to tattoo yeah, wrinkly skin. Their blood's so thin. Yeah, well, lucky in this fictional world, these people are hip <laughs> and happy and sound of mind and sound of mm. skin. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, like I thought that was going to be a bit more of a, I don't know, a fun tattoo, but oh, well, she got what she wished for. I'm also glad that she got to go to prom. 
Oh yeah, that whole prom thing. Yeah, because yeah. she was like, and then they both both proposed. Yeah, because the Christmas party was prom themed. Yeah, and because of their initial prom, um, they weren't allowed to essentially dance together or be together because of the whole homophobia and all that shit. So yeah, they got to live out you know their romantic dreams. I thought that was cute. Like there are fun elements yeah. in this book, but as a whole, it's just probably not it. But yeah, and yeah, the fighting to propose each other was pretty cute. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a proposal, but I think, yeah, one of them said something about, you know, never marrying. Like, they never had the chance to marry. And so they want to snag their opportunities. See, you're never too old to do shit. Yeah. Ultimately. Get a tattoo. Get married. Whatever. Do drugs. Do drugs. Why not? Don't do drugs. <laughs> what a way- Don't listen to me. <laughs> what a way to go, though. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a moment where, yeah, Teddy takes them all on a little field trip to his tattoo parlor and he's showing everybody around and that's initially where Renata had a little consult for her tattoo from old mate Alistair and then yeah when they get back that's when Ruthie has the blow up of like oh you're throwing your potential new life in my face you're just gonna leave me behind blah 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 blah. yeah and I thought hey we were all under the pressure he was gonna fuck off <laughs> like you should be happy for him but yeah and I ultimately hated yeah that she pushed him to do better for his business because he doesn't seem like he was if he was really passionate about the tattoo parlor yeah he would have had the funds partially saved like for the longest time like he'd do everything he could to to save for that himself but no his father pushed him to be at the retirement village and that assisted him getting the job ruthie pushed him to impress alistair in order to get that i don't know system trial or whatever it is for payroll and document managing and shit like that it's like yeah if he was really passionate about being a tattoo artist and handling the business side oh i suppose it's because he has the lack of business knowledge and like filing sort of skills but yeah still he didn't push himself other people were pushing him to do these things i guess like he needed that push to reach his potential but i mean at 27 (laughs) Hey, we know people who need a good shove up the ass, though. And we're trying our best. <laughs> giving up. Yeah, I'm ready to give up. <laughs> but that's all right. I suppose, yeah, sometimes you think of 27 and you think oh, that's quite old to get your shit together. But sometimes you just look at it. 27 might even still be young. People are still trying to figure themselves out. But your frontal lobe's developed. But but in... <laughs> right. Everything should be clicking. But, like, I suppose in a fantasy romance not fantasy fiction romance novel like you just 27 they seem so much yeah. older than what they actually I'll are i'll give them to 37 sure <laughs> anyway in the end it's a happy ending she quits and then they're like you're gonna get back paid and so now she can go to be an intern at the zoo and save all the turtles she wants ironically unselfishly teddy sacrifices his dream and takes on i suppose the property and uh, uh, an aspect of the property development business and stuff. No, he doesn't. He tries to, but his dad's like, no, oh, that's right. Artist. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. the old switcheroo yeah. in the last yeah. moment. So everyone yeah. got to live their lives happy. And also, when Renata died, um, may she rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, or oh, she left some money yeah, to Ruthie. Ruthie yeah. was a beneficiary to her will, yeah. which yeah. I feel in my workplace, like, I, I'm not like, obviously, I'm not retired village yeah. uh, manager. But I work with older folks. I know when I was in aged care that you were allowed gifts, but they had to be under like a certain monetary value. Sure. Yeah, I think we're technically not supposed to accept any sort of gifts. Um, but yeah, if, if a client came to me and was like, 
or who's on the brink of death and I find out that I'm put in their will, like, I can't accept that. Yeah. Which well, I wouldn't you anyway. Have to prove, like, in this, that, like, they haven't been coerced into it in any sort of way, like... Lion's mum makes, like, a bunch of our, the support team, like, food and stuff to take home and, like, little treats like that. Like, yeah, it's just all about it being done in a manner where you're not yet coercing or manipulating them. Yeah. Like, sometimes they're like, just take this food. I don't want it. And it's like, I don't want to accept it, but I'll take it just to make you happy. <laughs> it's like, if you don't want it and you want to get rid of it, fine, I'll take it. Or you just dump it at the op shop or something. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and just, like, Renata and all that, they're so fucking wealthy. It must yeah. be nice being rich. Everything is easier when you're rich, as we love to say on this podcast. Uh-huh. Yes. <sighs> they give Teddy a, a fucking watch, like an expensive watch. It's like, bro, you could sell that watch and that's half your fucking yeah. <laughs> gold money. That's it. If you Do we want to... That's the book. Yeah, that's yeah. the book. It's a little bit out of order, a bit jumbly, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. That's okay. It's been, a, it's been a weird start to this episode. <laughs> shall we go to the stars that listen? If we shall, because I haven't gone there yet. The stars that listen, we pick a one-star review and a five-star review from Goodreads, just for a bit of fun. Uh, we read the one-star review first, because they're a little bit more janky and a bit more, I don't know, harsh, and we want to end on a positive note with a five-star. And star. sometimes they're more, there's more of them. Yeah, and they're just brutally honest as well. Sometimes it, it encapsulates how we feel much better than how we can articulate. So, My one-star is... Sally Thorne has to be stopped immediately. <laughs> no! <laughs> a fellow Aussie. Alright, my one star review. I might be being a little harsh, but I genuinely don't remember anything that happened in this book, and I literally just finished it. Hallmark movie material, though. Which, yeah, I mean, it could yeah. be a janky movie. I feel yeah. like the movie would be much better than The Hating Game. Yeah. So, my five star review. Well... This was utterly adorable. The tortoises, the friendships. And this book is full of so many wonderful characters, all of whom just sparkle and shine around each other. And so much fun. I absolutely loved it. Sally Thorne wrote a Sophie and Howe in Retirement Home AU. Pass it on. <laughs> now I need to check if there's a fair child in Australia. I would have no clue. I feel like if there, it'd be made up otherwise. Also, some of our retirement villages look absolutely swanky. The one that I... There's one that I go to in... I was not going to name the location, but okay. I'm just saying this in general. I mean, guess you can guess where I am based on that because I go to a lot. But anyway, I'm, I didn't say where I live. Anyway, there's one that I go to. And it is a swanky. Yeah, the one I've looked up the value of the one where I go to and uh, units are up to like at least $700,000 a unit. It's like, wow. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you afterwards for a two-bedroom. I'll tell you after there's um, a connection to the one that I Also, yeah. I, I've gone to a few retirement villages and the amount of brand new cars I see is like, right, bro, and they're all right, big. All the time. And also just the streets are so small this and narrow. Like it always, I know, it always reminds And also the streets are all the same and the houses are all the same. Yeah, and I'm like, how do you not get lost? <laughs> this It just reminds me of like when... My mum's friend told her when she was retiring that she needs to have enough money for a new car every five years. Yeah, no, that's insane. And I was like, but like, you're old. That is such <laughs> a rich behaviour. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to stop my recording All so right. I can tell wait, you wait, about wait, this. Wait, we got to okay. end it though. All right, uh, so yeah, and that concludes this episode of Letterboxd Book Club. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, you'll find us on Instagram at letterbox underscore book underscore club. From there, you'll find our link tree in our bio. And now you'll find our link tree in our bio on TikTok also. Yeah, fun. And what are we reading next week, Kenzie? Or what are we discussing next week? I can't week? remember. 
<laughs> I think we're going to do the dressmaker, but I'm okay, happy yeah. to bring that Ellie Hazelwood book you're reading forward, if you are. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what's that one called? Love Theoretically. All right. Keep an ear out for Love Theoretically next week. It's done. Yeah. It just said, and therefore it shall be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bye. All right, bye.